Alright, okay, okay, what is up everybody? LJ Talks Facts right here, gonna spit some facts, well, like always, of course. Alright, so this is actually my first time doing a wrestling review, so Monday Night Raw review from last night. I told you guys I was gonna start doing that for Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, and Friday Night Smackdown. So let's get right into it. Let's get right into it right away. I want to just say, though, quickly, I will be doing another episode later on. That will be um, the Brooklyn Nets' recent signings. We'll get into that later on tonight. All right, so here we go. So we know the show started with the uh, the VIP Lounge, hosted by MVP, and he had Dolph Ziggler on the show as his host, and Drew McIntyre came out. I mean, to be honest, this feud has been kind of like... I don't know, it's just like, this feud is just, it feels kind of weird, to be honest. I, mean, I understand what they're trying to do. Like, like how Dolph Ziggler brought Drew McIntyre back to the main roster in 2018, but they're saying that Drew McIntyre was brought back by Dolph Ziggler to WWE in general. That's not true. Drew McIntyre came back in 2017 and went to NXT and won the NXT championship on his own. Yeah, sure, Dolph Ziggler brought him back to the main roster in April of 2018. But, you know, it's like they completely forgot about him in NXT. And Dolph Ziggler was not there in NXT to help him at all. So, whatever. But, you know, I just have to say Drew McIntyre has perfectly been booked as WWE Champion. He's looked amazing when he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And then when he beat Rollins at Money in the Bank. And when he beat Lashley at Backlash. Now let's see if he beats Ziggler at the horror show Extreme Rules. I just don't like... I just... I don't like how they're holding out on the stipulation. Like, what is the stipulation going to be? Like, what, Ziggler's not going to pick till Sunday now? It's like, well, we already know this is, like, pre-taped, so... The horror show's probably already done. If they're not doing it this week, they probably already did it last week. So that, sh- that, that show's probably done already. But still, it's like... We have to keep on waiting. And, I mean, Ziggler, now it's like last year he was talking about... It should have been me, but now he's talking about McIntyre wouldn't have a success without him. He's saying without me. So now it was last year, it should be me, or it should have been me. Now it's without me. Like, really? I mean, Dolph Ziggler is truly like a bootleg Shawn Michaels. But Shawn Michaels wasn't like that with promos. He, he was great on promos. Ziggler, it's every time he goes to the ring, he never has like a normal kind of promo. He's always screaming on the mic and shit like that. He's not entertaining. This is not 2014. This is not, like, 2012 to 2014 Dolph Ziggler, where he was actually really good. Now he's just an afterthought. It's the truth. Well, you know, McIntyre, you know, said he's going to beat Ziggler, and he punched him in the face, like, you know, punched him right in the jaw. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I know later on in the night, when uh, Drew was getting interviewed backstage, you know, Ziggler tagged him. They brawled for a little bit. So, I mean, the match is going to be a really good match. I guarantee it will be good. You know, because McIntyre's champion has had really good matches. You know, he's had only two of them with Rollins and Lashley. They've both been good. The match with Lashley was ruined by stupid Lana and everything. You know, they shouldn't even brought her or got her involved in that, which was dumb. It could have been like, you know, Drew Galloway versus Bobby Lashley back in TNA with no interference at all. Just a clean one-on-one match. But, you know, it's whatever. Um... But, you know, like I said, it's going to be a great match. I don't know if it's going to be the main event. I think the main event is going to be Strowman versus uh, Bray Wyatt in the Swamp Match. And I'll actually make a pre- I'll make predictions. I'll actually do that. You know, I'll start doing that. That's actually a good idea. And then, you know what? Then tomorrow, before Fight for the Fallen, I'll do predictions for that. 
I could do that then. You know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. I just thought of that now. Why not do predictions for shows? Because, you know, with the switching on the subject, like the Dynamite, you know, it's kind of like a pay-per-view level like they've been doing the last two weeks. Like Fight for the Fallen is kind of like a pay-per-view show on national TV. So, you know what? That's a good idea. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow afternoon before the show. I'll do that definitely a few hours before the show. I'll do it like around this time. All right, you know what? That's a good idea. I'll do that. Try to think about it. So, I mean, like I said, with Ziggler and McIntyre, it's going to be a great match on Sunday. And with my Extreme Rules predictions, that'll be like like either Saturday or early Sunday. So, okay. Actually, yeah, that'll be early Sunday. That'll be on Sunday before the show. All right, so then we know Andrade and Angel Garza beat the Viking Raiders. Like, that was a good match. To be honest, that was a good match. I enjoyed it. It was an elimination tag team match. You know, I enjoyed the match. It was a stupid ending, of course. You know, I get Andrade, he's a heel and and everything, but just I hate the stupid endings. Like I uh, not Ibar, uh Eric left after he got eliminated, so Andrade should have left after he got eliminated. Let's play it fair at least. It just it was stupid to see that. It was a good match though, and it does seem like we are gonna see Andrade and Andrew Garza. For this time, actually, we're after Street Profits because I remember Andrade got hurt before WrestleMania because it was supposed to be him and Garza versus Street Profits at WrestleMania. But then Andrade got hurt. So let's see if it actually happens this time. And I believe it will. And, you know, Ruby Riot and Bianca uh, Bianca Belair beat the Iconics. It's finally good to see Bianca Belair get some, you know, screen time. She hasn't been on TV for a while. The last time she was on TV... I know it was when the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders were talking backstage. I don't remember when it was. If it was, like, like sometime in May, I think. It, it's been a while since I've seen her on TV. And she's really talented in the ring. Like, she seriously is. I remember watching, like, her, you know, old NXT matches. She's pretty good. She is pretty good in the ring. Ruby Riot does need, like, a little bit of work in the ring. Her character is cool, but her character... You know, not a character. You know, like, her, you know, the way she wrestles, she's kind of like, eh, to be honest great character though you know she could definitely speak you know she's a great character but wrestling wise eh, she needs a little bit more work in my opinion that's all i'm saying but you know it is good to see her and bianca get some screen time they got a win that was a big win for them maybe they're gonna be the new uh maybe they'll be getting a tag team title shot soon you might say like oh but they never been a team together and shit like that it was you know ruby Liv morgan and sarah logan and congratulations to sarah logan and uh and eric they got a child coming on the way real soon, so, you know, congratulations to them. You know, maybe there'll be a new thing we'll see. Maybe Ruby Ryan and Bianca Belair are going to challenge Sasha and Bailey in the future. Maybe that'll happen. That'll be interesting, to be honest. I wouldn't mind that. Oh, who knows, maybe Liv and Bianca are going to get into it. Like, who knows what they're going to do? You know, I'm all for it, though. And the Iconics, I'll be honest, the Iconics are one of the best characters in the WWE right now, easily, easily one of the best characters in the WWE, there's no doubt about that, there's no doubt about that at all, but you know, again, we're going back to wrestling wise, they're not that great, they have improved a little bit, I feel like Peyton Royce has really improved, Billy Kane, eh, not as much, she has improved like a tiny bit, Payne Royce has definitely improved a lot. That's just, again, you know, I, you can have an amazing character, but you still got to be able to wrestle. That's all I'm saying. Unless you're a manager, then you don't have to worry about wrestling at all. <laughs> so it's whatever there. And it was great. And here's another return. Shayna Baszler returned. And she took out uh, 
Akira Tazawa is, you know, ninjas, which has, you know, been a weird gimmick for for him. It's been just strange. But, <laughs> and, you know, Bezos said she's tired of waiting. It'll bring those reality to Raw. So, I mean, at, at first I thought she turned good, but then when she looked at our truth and everything, and then she went after the women in the locker room, it, yeah, she's still a heel. She's still a bad guy. But, hey, you know, a lot of people are saying that she's burying everything. I mean, it was really stupid. Here's my thing on Shayna Baszler. And I, I love Shayna Baszler. A lot of people don't like her, but I, I do. I seriously do. I think she's really good, in my opinion. And people could say, oh, what are you crazy? You think she's good? I think she's good. You may not like her, but you know what? That's on you. I like her, though. You know, she should have won at WrestleMania against Becky Lynch. You know, it is kind of weird. You have to think of it, though. If Becky Lynch didn't get pregnant, would she still be champion right now? Like, I'm just saying. Say if she wasn't pregnant at all. So we're now here in July. So you're saying she would have retained at Money in the Bank and Backlash? So she would have been champion a whole lot longer. Even if even if Becky you know, even if Becky didn't get pregnant, they should have given the title to Shayna at WrestleMania. Or they should have given it to her at Money in the Bank. Like when Oscar won the Money in the Bank briefcase and the championship was in it the next night they showed because Becky announced she was pregnant, she had to leave. And by, by the way, congratulations of course to Becky and Seth. I know I'm two months late, but you know, this is my first time doing a review. But you know, congratulations to them as well. And I hope Becky and both her and Sarah Logan are doing good right now. You know, they got two great men by their sides. But, you know, back to the point. Them giving Shayna the title would have been a lot of heat drawn to her. Because she could have cut a whole promo on Becky Lynch, you know. She could have, like, tricked her thinking maybe she's going to turn good and she'll be caring to Becky. But, no, she goes, like, full vicious heel promo on her and shit. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. That would get her a lot more heat because the next... Because... Uh, not the next night... Later on that night, she said to Natalia, well, you're the last one of the hearts. So she went right after her, and I was like, oh, see see what happens if you could have made her champion? She can go after everybody. Everybody. And who's going to stop her? Who would stop her? Seriously. Nobody would. <laughs> like, seriously. That's what they should have done. She could have gotten, like, so much heat, and she can continue to get heat every single week. But they didn't want to do it. And believe me, I like I like Asuka, you know. Uh, her reign as champion, I feel like, has been good. And I hope she beats Sasha on Sunday. You know, she's been good as champion. But I feel like Shayna could have gotten, like, so much heat with her being champion. You just imagine it. People would be so pissed off. They would be so mad. And that's how you build a good heel champion. Because a lot of people didn't like her down at NXT. They wanted, they wanted anybody to beat her for the NXT Women's Championship. Anybody. They wouldn't care who it is. They probably wouldn't care if it's fucking Charlotte Flair. And believe me, I know a lot of people don't like her right now. And believe me, neither do I. But still, she could have gotten a lot of heat. But they didn't want to do it. And it's a shame. You know, you got to stop living in this fucking PG era. I know there are bad guys in this company, obviously, and they've been champions. You know, we have, you know, Bailey as a champion. You know, she turned bad. You know, we got AJ Styles, a bad guy, as a champion. That's on SmackDown. Roy, you have all the 
good guys is, you know, champions right now. I'm just, you know, not saying that we're brand wise, but I'm just like saying that's what you have to do. Get out of this fucking PG shit. I mean, you might say with PG or something to do with it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because, uh, I mean, because you could really have Shana go off the walls if this was TV 14. That's my biggest pet peeve with WWE. It should be TV 14. Wrestling should not be PG. Cody Rhodes said it, you know, himself. Wrestling can't be PG. It has to be TV 14. It just has to be. You cannot have wrestling be PG. Because it sucks when it's PG. It really does. That's all I'm saying. You can really have Shayna go out there and go crazy. And that could be for any wrestler. That's all I'm trying to make a point is. I know it sounds kind of confusing. But a lot of you might agree with me. A lot of you might say, well, you're crazy. Whatever. It's all cool. And I'm hoping... I'm really hoping after Extreme Rules, the horror show, I'm hoping Shayna Baszler goes after Asuka, because I believe Asuka is going to beat Sasha this Sunday. And just give Shayna the title. Let her be the person she was down in NXT. Because her losing to Becky was completely weak, and they made her look like a joke. I mean, come on. This manager going out there every week and they're just calling out Becky. We build up so much... You know, well, we don't know if Becky Lynch is going to come back to wrestling after, you know, she has after she has a child. You know, who knows if Becky will ever come back to wrestling. If she doesn't, well, then I mean, it's her choice. She doesn't have to if she doesn't want to. So, I mean, you could do so much with that right there. I believe Becky's going to come back, but it'll be for a long time until we see her back in the ring. But I'd be completely fine with that. If you know she, if it's her decision, if she doesn't want to come back, fine by me. And good luck to her. Okay, so then next, you know, we had Seth Rollins come out and him talking about the eye for an eye match at Extreme Rules. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about AEW being, you know, like living rent free in uh, or WWE living rent free in AEW's heads, but. John Moxley versus Santana back in February of this year, they did an eye for an eye match. I mean, they kind of created anything, but that was like the first eye for an eye match that I ever heard of. WWE never did that, and now they're doing it. It's like nice stealing ideas. It's kind of stupid. Well, except we didn't see anybody lose an eye in that match. It's basically like, I don't know how you can really like say it, to be honest. It's like, well... Well, because Moxley had the patch on his eye, and so did Santana. So it's like, oh, whoever wins, or like, whatever. I don't know. It was kind of confusing. It's kind of confusing now as it is. Like, whoever wins the match, you have to, like... The only way to win this match between Ray and Seth is, you know... you got to pull the opponent's eye... One of their eyes out of their socket. I mean, yeah, they already said they're going to do CGI effects. So we already know it's... It's, it's, it's like, it's so stupid, though. <laughs> they really had to make that match... They could have done any other stipulation with Ray and Seth. Seriously. They really could have done that. Because these two can blow the roof off the place. But it's such a stupid stipulation. It's like, you know, I'm not trying to complain. I'm just saying when a product is so stupid, you have to say something. You can't just keep, you know, praising a company that just continues to do stupid ideas after stupid ideas after stupid ideas. Now I'm sounding like Seth Rollins. You kept on bringing it up. Eye for an eye. Eye for an eye. It's like, all right, Seth, we get it. Jesus Christ. Like, just shut up already and cut your damn promo and wrestle Kevin Owens, whatever. 
<sighs> but, you know, like I said, you know, it's... I mean, the match, like I said, it's going to be a great match. It will be, but it's just a dumb stipulation. You, you keep on thinking of that stipulation. It's like, oh, it's just like it ruins the match, kind of, because you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a fake eye that gets pulled out, yada, 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 whatever. Like, who cares then, right? Whatever. Um, you know, Kevin Owens came out, him and Seth were talking, they brawled. And then Murphy came out, and Alistair Black came out. And then Alistair Black and Murphy had a match. And believe me, every time these two go in the ring, they put on a good match. It was a stupid ending to it. Because after uh, Alistair Black hit the black mass on Murphy, and Seth Rollins pulled him out, and they got disqualified, and I was like, oh, my God, you couldn't just have Alistair win clean? You really had to do that? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have Seth interfere, he should have interfered before there was a pinfall. He was already on two. You, you, what's the point of interfering? He's going to lose either way. If, if you wanted to interfere, you should have done it before the pinfall, like before, the, before the count. Before even Alistair, like, goes for the pin. That's when you should have interfered. That's how they should have done it. It would have made a little more sense. So that happened. And then now they finally get to Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. And believe me, every time these two go in the ring, they always put on a great match. And this match was a great match as well. Anytime you get Owens versus Rollins, I'll always be sitting there and I'll be ready to watch. And here's the thing. Rollins just can't beat Owens. <laughs> That's the funny thing. He can't beat Owens. If you're really trying to make Rollins look strong going to this match with Ray, I mean, if he can't beat Kevin Owens, who probably still has, like, you know, that bad injury to his leg, how do you expect him to beat Ray Mysterio, who's older than Kevin Owens, obviously? It's like, it, it, it's just, it's weird booking right there. So, okay, he can beat, he, I mean, he, he loses to Kevin Owens, he loses to Kevin Owens. I guess you could say, oh, Ray Mysterio has the injured eye, whatever, and he's older, and Owens is younger and everything. Yeah, but you're not making him look strong going into this match. It just, I mean, I would have had Rollins win yesterday on Raw. I would have had Rollins win. I think it was kind of stupid that he lost. Like I said, great match. I love Kevin Owens more than I love Rollins, but still, I mean, Really? He looks weak going into the match now against Mysterio. I mean, I understand there was a lot of people at ringside. You know, you had Dominic, you had Ray, you had Alistair. I get it. I get it. But just... I don't know. It's whatever. It's whatever, to be honest. But they had a great match. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Okay, now here's where, like, was it was really stupid, to be honest. So, you know, R-Truth and Randy Orton wrestling. I'm thinking, okay, you know what? It's it's kind of weird to see this as, like, a grudge match, quote-unquote. It's like, okay, I don't think I ever remember wrest- ever seeing these two wrestle in, like, a long time, Randy Orton and R-Truth. Maybe they wrestled back in, like, 2011 when R-Truth was a heel. Like, I don't really remember when they wrestled, to be honest, or them ever having, like, a feud. I just don't remember. I don't remember anything close to that, to be honest. So it was kind of weird to see that as, like, a grudge match. As they put it, I was like, okay, fine, let's see how, let's see what these two can do in this match. And, you know, before we saw Big Show and Ric Flair talking and everything, Ric Flair telling Big Show to go home and go live the life and everything, and Big Show saying, yeah, I see what you're trying to do. <sighs> I mean, it's like, it's like, okay. And, you know, um... You know, and when they both got in the ring, R-Truth and Randy Orton, I was like, okay, let's see what you guys can do. I hope to see a good match. And then R-Truth went over to go talk to Ric Flair. 
And I was like, okay. And it's like, he looked like he was trying to bait Randy Orton, which he did. And after that, they like tied it for a second. Then Orton turned around, RKO, one, two, three. And I was like, are you kidding me? I don't even think that match, the match probably didn't even last a minute. Like, seriously, like, that's it? I mean, come on. We know our truth can go in any kind of match. But why did that have to be, like, so quick? Seriously. That's why I hate squash matches. Whatever who it is, with anybody it is, squash matches are fucking stupid. Especially when you're trying to build up a wrestler and then they're squashing local talent. What the hell does that even prove? They're just beating up people who are not even with the company. You're beating up local talent. You're beating up people like you could have a guy like um or guys like Ivar and Eric, when they would beat up local talent, they beat up guys that are much smaller than they are, than the competition that they have in the WWE. So what does that even prove? That proves nothing. It's like with AEW, like how they um they built up Lance Archer and uh, Brian Cage right now and Brody Lee. It's like they were beating up smaller guys. We know we'll see how Brian Cage does against Moxley. But look how they had Lance Archer and Brody Lee booked before Double or Nothing when they both lost. When Lance Archer lost to Cody for the TNT Championship and Brody Lee lost to Mox for the AEW World Championship. They were just beating up smaller guys. The only legit competition that Brody Lee beat up was, um, was Christopher Daniels. That was it. That was like, the only legit person he beat. And for Lance Archer, I guess you could say it was QT Marshall. Or actually, no. Well, no, in the tournament, in the tournament, he did beat Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana has been around wrestling for a long time. And Dustin Rhodes, too, for a long time. So, I'll take that back. His legit competition was Cabana and Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. And you could probably say QT Marshall as well. So, I can take that back. But look at Brody Lee, how they booked him. And then he just loses to Moxley. It's like, and it's like with Brian Cage. He hasn't faced any legit competition other than winning the casino ladder match. I don't go very off topic. I'm just talking about building up wrestlers and shit. That's all I'm saying. And like I'm saying with squash matches, and we're in 2020. There should not be any more squash matches. Like seriously, it's dumb. Nobody goes to a wrestling show. Here's the thing with wrestling fans. No wrestling fan goes to a show. I mean, you can't go to a show right now, but in the past we'll have to say. No wrestling fan in the past and in the future when fans are allowed back in. They ain't going to pay... To see a disqualification, a countout, or a squash match. They paid to see good wrestling. It's like I got into a little bit of an argument with Christian Miracle. You, know, you guys know him as a Miracle Man on Twitter and Christian Miracle on YouTube. But he's a great YouTuber. He really is. He's known for the WWE Sins or like his Sin videos. They're great. But I remember it was like a disqualification happened or a countout happened at Backlash. I can't remember what it was. And he said, well, it's part of wrestling. And I said... It ruins the match. Like, I remember the full conversation, but I was, I was going back and forth with him a little bit, saying, disqualifications or counts, whatever it was, it's not part of wrestling. It just ruins a great match. And he's like, so? And I made another point, and he said, so? And I said to him, okay, if you saw a match between two great wrestlers, and it's an amazing match, and that match ends in a countout or disqualification, like, just imagine, just imagine this. I'm going to try to think of a match. Think of, um... If Stone Cold versus The Rock, if any of those matches would have ended in a countout or disqualification, you think of that, it ruins the match. Or just think of, let's see, let's think of John Cena versus CM Punk 
at Money in the Bank 2011? What if that match would have what if, what if that match would have ended in a countout or disqualification? It ruins a match. That match would not have been five stars. Or just imagine if um like Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho in Japan, if that match would have ended in a countout or disqualification, it ruins the match. I'll bring up one more. What about my favorite what about one of my favorite matches of all time? Let's say Triple H and Undertaker didn't wrestle in Hell in a Cell. Let's just say it was a one-on-one match. Let's actually go back to the year before. Actually, no, that was no holes barred. So actually, I mean, I'm trying to think for a second. Let's 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 withdraw that. Let's withdraw that. Um, okay. One of my other favorite matches of all time: Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens at Battleground 2016. That match was fucking awesome. That match was awesome. Just imagine if that match, and it had the crowd standing on their feet. The crowd loved it. Just imagine if that match would have ended in a countout or disqualification. It ruins the match. And then nobody cares. Nobody would care about the match. But again, there shouldn't be any squash matches, no disqualifications, and no countouts. Because nobody pays to see that. And nobody wants to sit in front of that TV, because that's what you have to do right now, obviously. Nobody wants to sit in front of that TV and watch that bullshit. Nobody wants to see that. It ruins a match and it could ruin the show. That's all I'm saying. You may agree with me. If you, agree, if you fucking say you like seeing counterouts or disqualification or squash matches, you need to stop watching wrestling and go do something else with your life. Because you're taking away joy from a lot of people. That's all I'm saying. Alright. And we know that Big Show interrupted because uh, Orton was going to punt kick our truth. And he made the safe for our truth and Orton challenges Big Show to an unsanctioned match for next week. And Big Show accepted later on in an interview. So we'll see how that match turns out. We know Randy Orton and Big Show matches have always been boring. You know, they had the match at Extreme Rules in 2013 that was boring. And then they had the match at uh, Survivor Series in 2013. That was for the WWE title. And that was the main event. And that was boring. <laughs> when they're trying to make you know, people feel banned for the big show and everything. It's like, but he's seven feet tall. He can handle himself and shit. It's like, really? Okay. Whatever. I won't feel bad. Here's another thing. I won't feel bad for a guy like Big Show if he's getting bullied by people in WWE. Like when the authority was giving him shit in 2013. I'm not going to feel sorry for Big Show. I feel sorry for Daniel Bryan because he's a smaller guy than Big Show and he's smaller than almost everyone else in the ring. That's a guy I would feel sorry for. Not, Not Big Show. It's like it's like when WWE would, and it's like when they also did that in 2015, like with Roman Reigns. I'm not gonna feel sorry for Roman Reigns. Look how much he's a much bigger guy. He can handle himself in the ring. You can't, you can't do that with bigger guys. You have to do that with the smaller wrestlers. Wrestlers, that's what you have to do. Not with big wrestlers. You're not gonna feel sorry for them. They can handle themselves. It's like right now, like a like a Chad Gable or sorry, Shorty G. That's a guy I would feel sorry for if he was getting beat up every single week and getting bullied. That's a guy I feel sorry for. Not like a guy like uh, King Corbin. I'm just making a point. I'm sorry for a guy like that because he's <laughs> almost seven feet tall, this guy. I'm not going to feel sorry for him if he's getting beat up. Like, really? Come on. But whatever. We'll see what happens next week. Maybe we'll see Edge or Christian come back. So who knows? Alright, so then we see, you know, we saw Bobby Lashley beat Ricochet. It's like... 
they have seriously buried Ricochet. Like, seriously. They seriously buried Ricochet WWE. He was amazing out in NXT. When they brought him into WWE, he was great in NXT. Amazing in NXT. Can't say great, I gotta say amazing. And they brought him to the main roster, him at Alistair Black team up for a while, and it was cool. I liked them as a tanning team. When they broke him up, I kind of felt like, damn, like, why'd they really do that? I should have kept them as a tag team, in my opinion, because they were fun to watch. And, you know, Ricochet had his run with the United States Championship for a little while. I was like, okay, that was cool. It was nice to see him win the United States Championship. That was actually pretty cool to see that. And it led to AJ Styles turning into a bad guy again with the club, you know, so that was a cool feud. It was nice to see Ricochet as, U- as U.S. champion. You know, that was fun. And then, you know, they gave him a shot at a Super Showdown against Brock Lesnar for the uh, WWE title. I thought, okay. We knew he wasn't going to win, obviously. But it's like, all right, let's, let's see what he could do. The match lasted about like a minute 30, I believe. If even that. Like, you couldn't give Ricochet 10 minutes at least, or 50, like, let's give him 10 minutes. You couldn't give him 10 minutes with Brock Lesnar. And you know Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar wrestles a lot better against smaller guys, or guys that are much faster than he is. They couldn't have done a 10-minute match at least. We knew that Ricochet wasn't going to win, but it would have been great to see that. And then Vince McMahon could have seen, you know what? Ricochet really proved himself tonight. Even though he didn't win, you know what? I'll give him a world title run sometime next year. There you go. He could be possibly entering a feud with Drew McIntyre right now. Just imagine if they were to do that. But you can't do that because he keeps getting buried. And you completely buried him when you did that shit with Lesnar at Super Showdown. So nobody's going to believe him, you know, to even become champion. People could, you know, probably would believe him a little bit more if it would have lasted 10 minutes at least with Lesnar. If he would have done that. Or if he pulls off some upset wins against Lashley and MVP. People would start to believe. But when you destroy him every single week and every single week and every single week, nobody's going to believe in this guy to become champion. Nobody's going to believe it. And you're going to be like, oh, there's no way he could beat McIntyre or even go up against Strowman or whatever. Well, I mean, he's not on SmackDown, obviously. But even if he was, I wouldn't believe it as well. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, Lashley, I mean, Lashley should be the one going after uh, Apollo Crews, in my opinion. Not MVP. Because MVP, to be honest, I mean, in seeing him in recent matches, he doesn't look that great in the ring, to be honest. He just hasn't looked that great in the ring, and, you know, since he's returned to WWE. He's been a great manager to Lashley. And, like, don't get me wrong, he's been amazing. He's always been an amazing talker, and he's a great manager for Lashley, but just not that great in the ring anymore. He used to be great. Just not anymore. I'd rather see Lashley versus Cruz. Because Lashley's a monster. I'd rather see that match, to be honest. And maybe that's what they're going to lead up to. But they should just do it anyway. Like right now, instead of doing MVP versus Apollo Cruz. But whatever. I mean, the match between Lashley and Ricochet was... I mean, you knew what was going to happen. Ricochet wasn't going to win. It was very obvious. You know, I like kind of like the tension we're seeing with Cedric Alexander. Like, you know, he might turn heel. I wouldn't mind that, to be honest. You know, because they kind of buried him too, Cedric Alexander. They really haven't given him a fair shot at all. And he was great in the Cruiserweight division. They did that stupid storyline with him and Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. And it was like, really? 
But now it's like, okay, he was great down there in the cruiserweight division. He really was. And he's still great now, but they're not giving him a legit chance. You can't keep holding guys like Ricochet and Cedric Alexander back. Because then nobody's going to believe in them when they go up against a worthy opponent. When they go up against like a Drew McIntyre or like a, a, a Jeff Hardy or a John Morrison. You know, I'm just throwing names out there. Randy Orton, Andrade. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to believe in them. It is what it is. But if Cedric joins MVP and Lashley, I'm all for it. I wouldn't mind seeing him as a heel. Let's see how it works out. And then we get to the main event. You know, like I said, this role was a horrible role in my opinion. It was pretty boring. But the main event was really good in my opinion. So Sasha Banks and Bailey defeated the Kabuki Warriors to retain the women's tag team titles. You know what? There wasn't a stupid ending at all. I was expecting a stupid ending in the match. And like I said, I really, I, and I have to mention, I really don't like Bailey and Sasha, to be honest. Just them as bad guys, in my opinion. Man, Sasha's a better bad guy than Bailey is. I wouldn't mind if Sasha was a bad guy. But Bailey, no, she's terrible as, as a heel, in my opinion. She's just very cringy and she's not good, you know what I mean? But this was a really good main event. Like I said, it was not a stupid ending. It was a clean ending, which I really didn't expect. You know, these two teams went out there and they put on a really good main event to a show that was terrible. So the go-home show for Raw, going into Extreme Rules, the horror show, was bad. But it had a really good main event. The only really two parts I enjoyed of Raw was Owens and Rollins and Banks and Bale and the Kabuki Warriors. That was it. That's the only parts I liked of Raw. Other than that, I thought the show was shit. But they put on a really good main event match. I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, this was good. And on Raw Talk, you know, Kyrie saying now that she wants a match against Asuka for the Raw Women's title after Asuka defeats Sasha Banks. So it's like, let's not make, let's not try to like, you know, make Asuka too cocky. Because you never know, some people are going to start to believe that Sasha might win, which I don't believe Sasha's going to win. But I'd be all for it to see Kyrie Sane versus Asuka because Kyrie Sane was really good in that match last night. She's seriously good. It sucks that there is the big report that she is going to leave WWE and go to Japan for one year and then retire after that. Well, look how Nia Jax fucked her up, not once, but twice. That's why Nia Jax, she hasn't been on TV since she lost... Actually, not since she lost to Oscar. I remember she did beat up Charlotte Flair, and they both disappeared from TV. I know Charlotte, I believe, is having surgery, and I don't know what happened to Nia Jax. Let's keep Nia Jax off TV forever, please, because she is god-awful. And look what she did to Kyrie Sane. That's probably why Kyrie Sane wants to leave. But no, Nia Jax, the Rock's cousin, they're not going to punish her at all or do anything with her. They just won't. Well, yeah, because she's a Rock's cousin. You know, she's perfect. They're not going to do anything to her at all. But whatever. This Raw was terrible. Like I said, it was boring. Like, the only two parts I enjoyed, I already mentioned. It was a horrible show. Like, it was boring. Last week's Raw was good. This week's Raw, horrible. Give it, like, I give it a thumbs down. I might give it two thumbs down, but it was... It was terrible. I just hope that AEW Fight for the Fall is good tomorrow. Same with SmackDown on a Friday. So we'll just see what happens. But alright guys, I hope you guys enjoyed my first wrestling review show. I will be doing an episode later on the Brooklyn Nets recent signings. And tomorrow there'll be two episodes. I'll mention it later on. I'll be doing two episodes tomorrow. I'll be doing my AEW fight for the Fallen Predictions and Ilya Sorokin getting signed by the New York Islanders. So that'll be tomorrow. And I'll mention that later like I said. But later on I will be doing Brooklyn Nets recent signs. So I hope you guys enjoy this. 
and I will talk to you guys later.